Good morning. It's good to be here to worship with you all again this morning. Um, was thinking back a little bit. I think we were here three weeks ago. Just we came not out of necessity, but out of desire. It's been, uh, I think it's been about six weeks since I've been here to bring the message. It seems like it's been a little while. Before the message, uh, we did announce two weeks ago that Sister Joanne Fisher has asked to be taken in as a member here. And we do have a letter of transfer from her church there in Kokomo, Indiana, the Bethany Fellowship Church. And I have asked Sister Joanne if she would come forward and give her testimony at this time. Bless you. I want to say thank you for welcoming into the church here at Mabel. I want to be a part of this church, a place where Troy and I can call our church and family. I do have a few verses that I looked at a lot since I've moved to the valley. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This verse has shown me that God will take care of us if we let him and to give myself completely to him. And I okay, I'm going to start a little back and to give himself completely to him. And I work at that daily as giving myself to him. I show me his way and I will for me and have a church family to help me is good and something I felt here at Mabel more than my church I came from is the closeness and openness of the brotherhood here at Mabel. I'm looking forward of being a part of church here at Mabel. Thank you. All right, thank you, Joanne, for that testimony. You all who are members here, if you can accept her as a member into the congregation, I invite you to stand to show your support. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, I found her testimony interesting. She said that she has found something here that she didn't have where she came from. God bless you all for providing that. But now you have a responsibility not to shirk your duty and not to slip in that. Let's endeavor each daily to, to, to build that, those, those strong brotherhood bonds <clears throat> that... Uh, 
support that, that provide the support that we need as individuals to be victorious in this Christian life. For the message this morning, I want to talk on a subject that is dear to my heart and that I'm passionate about. And I hope that the passion that I have for this subject comes through in the message today. And I hope that you catch it. And I hope that it affects your life and, and hopefully maybe brings uh, maybe change, maybe strengthening. I'd like to speak on reading God's Word or on God's Word in general. If we don't read God's Word, we really aren't making use of it. So the two go hand in hand. What is the Bible? If somebody came up to you and asked you, what is the Bible? What, what would you tell them? Do you have an answer for that question? The Word of God. Okay, it's the Word of God. But you know, as since the Bible is the Word of God, it's so much more than any other book, any other piece of literature that's ever been written. We believe from what is written in the Word that the the Bible, the Scripture, is, is the inerrant Word of God. And because it's the inerrant Word of God, it is also the infallible guide for our lives. If God, our Creator, and the Creator of everything that influences and affects us, wrote a book about life and about relating to him it has all of our answers in the bible god makes known to us where we came from it makes known to us our relationship to him it makes known to us the separation that we have between God and us when we aren't right with Him. It tells us about mankind's fall into sin and why that separation came. It tells us that that original sin has passed on to all mankind. But more than that, it tells us of God's plan of salvation, God's plan to fix that broken relationship with mankind in Him. It tells us how to receive the forgiveness that is available. It tells us how to live daily. It tells us how to relate to others. It tells us all that we need to know for this life and it tells us all that we need to know to prepare for the next life. I've pondered before that if you were if you advertised a seminar 
And you said that we have a speaker that's coming, and it's going to be a lengthy seminar, but he in, in this two or three hour talk is going to lay out everything that you need to know to find financial success in life. How many people would attend? How many people would give it their time and their attention? But yet, we hold in our hands a book that has the formula to spiritual success and many of the answers to other success, successes in other areas of life. And yet, our human nature is to neglect that book. We're very blessed to have God's Word so available to us today. I have a feeling that if we could poll this congregation and, and find out how many copies of the Bible are owned by the people represented here today, we would be astounded. I don't know how many Bibles I own. I own two of them that have four different translations in them. They're parallel Bibles. This Bible has two different translations in it. We have study helps. We have electronic Bibles. I, I was visiting somebody uh, the other evening in the hospital, and I wanted to read a scripture passage to him. To, for encouragement. And I did it with this device right here. I, I just wanted a few verses and I didn't, I just figured I could read it off my phone instead of carrying my Bible with me that evening. Maybe that was wrong, maybe it was right, I don't know. But you know, we have access. Access is not the problem. In some countries, access is a problem. There are countries where God's word is banned. And people risk their freedom, they risk their lives even, to own or to, to, to obtain a copy of God's word. In 1963, public Bible reading was banned in public schools in the United States of America. And there has been much outcry ever since. They have taken the Bible out of public schools. So many of the ills in this country today, there are evangelicals who will blame the fact that the Scripture was taken out of public schools. But brothers and sisters, Taking the Bible reading out of public schools did not take the Bible out of our homes. The downfall in this country is the fact that the Bible has been taken out of our homes. So many of those people that decry that Supreme Court move in 1963, I question what place the Scripture has in their home. 
If the Scripture was read and taught and revered in every home in this country, it wouldn't matter if it was read in the public school or not. Sure, that was not, it was not a good thing. But yet, as my point is, is that it's a much worse crime, if you want to call it that, to neglect the reading of the Bible in the home, personally and in family worship. And I've, I believe that probably most of you all are, are Bible readers. And so... My, my goal is, if you're not, is to, to spur you on in that. And if, and if you are, is to encourage you and to strengthen what we have. So I'd invite you to turn to Psalm 119, 119 this morning for a text. Psalm 119 is not only the longest chapter in the Bible, but it is a chapter that says a tremendous amount about God's Word. And we're not going to look at the entire chapter this morning so you can rest, uh, be relieved in that. But I want to pull out a new, uh, numerous verses and look at and just make some comments. I'm not going to be going real in-depth in these verses. But before we start, I want to point out that there are ten different terms in this chapter that are used for God's Word at least in the King James Version, which I'll be reading from this morning. Testimonies, commandments, precepts, word, law, ways, truth, judgments, righteousness, and statutes are all terms that are used to describe God's word. So I'd like to start out by reading the first three verses. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. So the psalmist begins this psalm by saying that there is a blessing for those that are walking in God's ways. And you may have heard this before, but that word blessed really means, can be translated as happy. Uh, so there's, if, if we're walking in God's ways, we're going to have a life that's that's blessed, it's happy, it's there's there's good things happening. But notice verse three. 
there's an important truth here where it says that those who keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole heart do no iniquity. There's something about God's word that leads us away from sin, away from iniquity. Following God's word always leads us towards him. It leads us in the right way. And that's because God is holy. He's sinless. And he has laid out for us a path towards him. Drop down to verse 9. The same theme. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, but taking heed thereto according to thy word. Another translation says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Goes right along with, uh, with verse 3. You know, we live in a world that's full of wickedness. It's full of temptation. And not just for the young. You know, he's speaking here of, 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 to the young. But there's a lot of, of temptation and a lot of wickedness that affects people of all ages. But here... The psalmist gives us the antidote for all of that wickedness and temptation. It's through God's Word. Through reading it. Through knowing it. Through living it. That he says that a, that a young man, or I'll say anyone, can find victory over sin and temptation. There's a quote that you've probably heard, and I wasn't sure who it was attributed to, and I looked it up. From what I found, it was found written in the front of John Bunyan's Bible. And he said that either this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. And there's a lot of truth in that. And I don't know if we can understand all of that, the, the effect. But God's Word has a cleansing effect. When we take it into our heart, it changes how we view life. It changes how we view sin. And how much in this day we need this keeping power of God's Word. Not just for the young, but for the old, for the middle-aged. I believe maybe the psalmist here was specifically speaking to the, to the young because he realized the importance of starting on the right path at an early age. So young men and those of us that are not as young, take heed and read and live according to God's Word. It will lead you in the right paths. 
verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against, that I might not sin against thee. Again, that goes right along with that theme of, of God's word keeping us from sin. And I'm not sure exactly what all he means here, but to hide God's word in our heart. Maybe memorization. Maybe reading with comprehension. Remembering what it says. Applying it to our lives. Not just a skimming over and not really allowing it to change our hearts. I didn't ask him if I could do this, but I'm going to use Brother John as an example. I've heard him say how that as a young man that he dedicated himself to Scripture memorization and the blessing that that was in his life and in helping him gain victory over temptation. And God bless those of you all who have good memories. I have always struggled at memorization. But we need to we need to make the scripture part of our life. It needs to be in our minds and it needs to affect our lives. James tells us in, in James 1 22 through 25 but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. We need to Apply it to our heart. We need to live it out and we'll be blessed. And I'll just, there in verse 25 of James 1, he refers to God's word as the perfect law of liberty. It's perfect and it brings liberty as we apply it to our lives because it frees us from the bondage to Satan and to self. Dropping down to verse 14 through 16. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Here the psalmist calls God's word his testimonies, or the, God's revelation to us. And he's putting it into perspective of value. And he says, he rejoices in God's testimonies as much as in all riches. How highly do you value God's word? You know, earthly riches can be helpful. It's 
really nice and convenient to have enough money flowing in that you can meet your obligations and you don't have to worry about putting food on the table or clothes on your back, etc. And when we we typically typically we we strive for that. We strive to at least have a enough income to to provide a reasonable level of comfort. But you know, all of those things are, are temporal things of this life, as needful as they are. They're, they're temporal things. And God's Word holds value that is far greater than that. It holds value not just for this life, but for the life to come. And so how much value are we placing on God's Word? If we hold God's Word in high regard, if we place a high value on it, we're not going to struggle to find time to sit and read it and to meditate on it. And it's going to help us to... The, the higher value we place on God's Word, the easier it's going to be to make application from God's Word to my life. Also in these verses, verses 14 through 16, we see that the psalmist rejoiced, meditated, and delighted in God's Word. You know, that's what we do with things that are important to us. If you have something that's, that's a, a hobby or you know, your work and you really are into your job, you really are enthused about it, you put a lot of time and attention into it. You read trade journals. You read, you do research. Because it's what you delight in. The psalmist said that he delighted in God's Word. So are you rejoicing, meditating, and delighting in God's Word, in His revelation of Himself to you? Verse 18, it's a prayer of the psalmist. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You know, God's word is full of wonderful things, wonderful promises, wonderful guiding principles for our lives. And some of that is, is clear and easy to understand. And some of it is a little more difficult. And the psalmist here was, was asking God, open my eyes. I want to see more. I want to understand more and better from your word. It doesn't matter where we're at in our spiritual walk, whether we're a newborn babe in Christ or whether we're a seasoned elderly saint. There are new things new wonderful things in God's Word that He will reveal to us as we seek for Him to do that. Some people may say that God's Word is hard to understand, but I am firmly convinced that God honors the sincere seeker. that truly 
desires to know more of Him and His Word. And also remember, as you approach God's Word, that God reveals as we obey what we know. If you read God's Word and you see that it tells you that you're not to be angry with your brother and you just want to ignore that, don't expect God to reveal something new to you because you're not obeying what, you've, what He has already revealed. Verse 24, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Another reference to delighting in God's Word. Why do we possibly not delight in God's Word? Pondered that a little. And I think it's because as we look into God's Word, often we read things that from a human standpoint we might not want to hear. We might face conviction. And that's not comfortable. We might realize that... uh, God's revealing something to us that maybe we need to make a change in our life. And that's not the most comfortable. It's easier just to stay the course where I'm at. But we need to come to the point that we recognize that what God reveals to us from His Word is for our good. And we need to delight in it. And we need to realize that it's to our detriment to not follow what God reveals. But rather, it's for our good. And when we recognize that and we accept that, then we can delight in God's Word. And like the psalmist says, it can be our counselor. When we refuse to change where God's Word speaks to us, We're not allowing His Word to be our counselor. So let's delight in God's Word and in His counsels. Verses 33 and 34. Teach me, O Lord, the way of Thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep Thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with with my whole heart. You notice there the psalmist's willingness to obey what God reveals. He says, teach me and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding and I'll keep that law. The psalmist was dedicated to obeying God as he revealed himself. You know, it doesn't matter how much of God's Word we know, how well we know it, if we're not putting it into practice. And unfortunately, there's many people today that call themselves Christians, but yet there's many parts of God's Word that they don't want to put into practice.
we need to, as we approach the Scriptures, we need to have this attitude of the psalmist to show me and I will do it. Verse 72. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Another reference to value. Jesus said in Mark 8.36, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And the fact that God's Word tells us how to, how to find eternal life, like I said, puts the, the value of the Bible very high. We have a human tendency, because we're finite beings, to put a lot of focus and emphasis on the material things of this life. Often at the neglect of paying attention to the things of the next life. Let's remember the value of God's Word. Let's hold it in high regard. Verses 89-91 Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to Thine ordinances, for all are Thy servants. Psalmist here says that God's word is settled in heaven. It's been proven over all the generations, the faithfulness unto all generations from, from the beginning of, the, of time, the beginning of the earth until now. Another translation says, rather than saying thy word is settled, it says it is firmly fixed. In other words, it's, it's unchanging. It's relevant for all ages from when it was given clear up to today. I had somebody one time, they kind of said this as a question. They were somebody that was kind of searching a little. And they said, you know, all this that's in the Bible, you know, what, where, when do we get to the point that, that some of this just needs updating? It doesn't. It's relevant for us today. And do you know why? Because we're made out of the same flesh and clay that Adam and Eve were. And so what was relevant back in the Old Testament is relevant for us today. The applications might be different. But I marvel again and again as I read through the Old Testament the things that God's people struggled with in the Old Testament are the same things that we struggle with today. It's just a different setting. Because we all are made up of the same flesh and blood. So God's word is settled, firmly fixed. 
verses 98 and 100, and then I'm going to drop down and read 104. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for their testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. Then 104, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. God's word is the source for wisdom and understanding. Now we're told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But where do we get the fear of the Lord? We get it as we read and apply His Word to our lives. These verses, 98, or let me back up. I should have, I should have, I don't know why I have here in my notes 98. I should have started at 97 where he says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Those verses, I took my highlighter and drew a box around them in my Bible. After hearing Melvin Lehman, some of y'all would know him from Faith Builders, after hearing him speak on these verses, he gave his personal testimony of being a young man who was, forget what he was doing for a living at that point, but he was trying to find his way in life, considering his future, and he was seriously considering pursuing a college education. And he said, and I'm not downing a college education, but he said that he read these verses one day and he realized everything that I need is in God's word if I but apply myself. Do we believe that? Do, we, do, do you believe that the answers to life and the wisdom that we need to live life and to deal with the situations that we have, that we face, that that, that that source is right here? The Bible has the answers for the problems of life. In fact, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 tells us that God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. The problem is a lot of those principles and that wisdom that's in here goes against our, our human nature, our, where, where we would come out in our own humanistic thinking. But yet, as we submit to God's ways, we, we discover that He has laid out for us a path of wisdom. Psalm, uh, excuse me, uh, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It's probably one of the best known verses from Psalm 119. But we can depend on God's word as a guide 
It will illuminate our path. It will keep us from stumbling. There's many voices in the world today saying this is the right way. But as we look into God's Word, those false ways will be exposed and God's way will be revealed. 137-138 Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. God's word is like him is righteous. And I don't know how you would describe righteous, but, but being righteous, in a nutshell, we could say is being right. We all like to think of ourselves as right when we get in an argument about something. But there's only one who is always right, and that is God. And when we align ourselves with Him and His rightness, then we are living righteously. Hebrews 12, 14 says, To follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. If we don't aren't living a holy life, it says we will not see the Lord. How do we obtain that? How do we know what a holy life is? It's through the righteous commands of God's Word. Verse 155. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. If we aren't seeking God's statutes, if we aren't seeking His Word, he says that salvation is far from us. The plan of salvation is simple. God forces it on no one. But He reveals it to those who seek Him, who seek His Word, who submit themselves to His Word and His ways. And then last, verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And that word offend is literally speaking of a stumbling block. Nothing will cause them to stumble. And I had to think back to where he said that God's word is a light to our path. So maybe we could paraphrase and say, great peace have they which love thy law because it is a light to their path and as long as they walk in it, there will be nothing that will cause them to stumble. God's, excuse me, this, this world is full of confusion. But God's Word shows us the way of peace and security. So many people would love to know 
the key to peace and security in life. And you and I hold that key this morning. So these are just a few things from this psalm that stood out to me. That tell us about God's Word. And I ask, do we take God's Word for granted? Or do we recognize how wonderful it is to possess what we, what we have? To be able to read it. To be able to understand it. The freedom that we have to do that. Are we convinced, along with the psalmist, of how wonderful it is? I'm convinced that if we are diligent students of the Word, and we apply ourselves to reading the Word, to studying it, to understanding it, that God's going to continue to reveal to each of us Not some new revelation that leads us off on some tangent, but new revelations that affect our personal life and that draw us closer to Him as we apply those truths. And sometimes we read God's Word and we don't necessarily that day see some new truth, but it's something that we need to help us through a struggle or a trial that we're facing. You know, God wants us to know Him. God longs for us to have a relationship with Him and to honor Him and to worship Him and to be living lives that demonstrate His character to the world around us. And how has God made that possible? It's through this book. If we're going to have an active relationship with the Lord, we have to have a vibrant relationship with His Word. And so I just leave the challenge with all of you all. Have a high regard for God's Word. Put it first in your life. might not work for everybody, but get up in the morning and pick up God's Word and read it. Don't put it off to sometime later in the day when your mind's cluttered. Listen to what God says. Like I said, as as we apply revealed truth, that's when God reveals more truth. Let's not be a part of the society we live in that has put God's Word on the shelf and complained that it's not read in public schools anymore. Let's have it out beside our chairs in our homes. Let's read it. Let's read it to our children. Let's live it. Let's rejoice that we hold this treasure. I've found it to be a tremendous blessing in my life to apply 
myself diligently to reading God's Word. And I've heard enough testimonies from other people who have, who have applied themselves to being real students of the Word and spending a significant portion of time each day with God and His Word and the transforming effect that it has had in their lives. And I desire that for all of us today. And I just thought maybe I'd take a poll and see how many of you all are going are endeavoring, um, and don't feel bad if you're not, because we all come out at different places and we all have different abilities, different amounts of other responsibilities. But how many of you all are endeavoring to read through the Bible, clear through the Bible this year? God bless each of you. And if, if you're not, push, push forward. I'll just give my testimony. When I was young, I read my Bible because I knew I was supposed to. And I don't know, I, I can't really say that I read a chapter a day or what. And as I got older, I, uh, I started reading more. And this thing of reading through the Bible in a year looked daunting. I didn't see how I could do it. And I learned that as you read the Scripture, your hunger for it grows. And I kept pushing myself. And before long, I was reading, you know, probably three quarters of it in a year. And suddenly I found that it wasn't hard to read it through in a year. And then I started realizing that, well, I'm reading significantly more than just through it in a year. And so it, it grows. Don't slack off. Continue to push yourself from where you're at. There is a blessing in it that you will never, ever regret. It is worth getting up half an hour earlier or whatever it takes you in the morning. You will never regret it. The dividends it pays are greater than anything else you could do with that time of day. God bless you.